jarring. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could call it that. I call I I I think it it's like a orgasmic. I think. Hello out there. Hola, mundo. <laughs> we are. What's happening? We are back for another episode of the fastest podcast sweeping the nation. Yeah. Again. Super hit. As lo- <laughs> the, the intro segment here is always just to uh, say things that aren't necessarily true to kind of, you know, to kind of juice the ratings. I think we've discussed this yeah. plan before, but, you know. Yeah, I mean, this, there's, I mean, what else can we do? The people, the people want as much as they can get out of us and the, you know, the clamoring clamoring at their headphones for more so they're just it's perfect <laughs> when people think about 2021 they're like what is it the world needs they need two guys clamoring at the last second to remember <laughs> details <laughs> about a <laughs> about a fish show they've listened to um who are half awake all right um we are back for another episode of the fish show from yes june 11th of the year 2000, um, which took place in, all right, here we go, I'll try it, Chiyoda-ku, Chiyoda-ku, Tokyo, Japan? Yeah, yeah, I think that's about Chiyoda, right. that doesn't sound, Chiyoda-ku. Yeah. Um, we are in a Japanese show, so you're going to have to apologize for my bad white guy pronunciations. <laughs> all of the songs are in Japanese as well. Yeah, <laughs> that would have been, uh yeah, that's the, I'm sure they played Meat Stick one of the other nights, so they got that out of their system. So yeah, this is a fish show from the 2000 Japan tour, which was the second uh, Japan tour. Um, they did do one in 1999. That was only four shows. Um, so uh, yeah, this was uh, the show that, this is 611, so 614 is, I would dare say, a legendary fish performance from and here we go again but i'll say fukukawa the drum lagos uh show that's that came out on live fish volume four um that show obviously i know i knew super well um and so i will say like going into this show is interesting we don't usually start out i guess with like impressions of the show but i would say like right off the bat that this was something that was like in my mind throughout it so i will like probably reference it a lot but yeah that's uh that's understandable yeah that whole second set that culminates in the giant 2001 uh but yeah since we're doing a japan show i thought uh we'd start out are like are you one of these are you a person who's like really into like japan and like japanese culture like i know our friend like chris is really into that stuff you know are you like um, that or no, not per se. I mean, yes, actually, though, a little bit. I am into all things different from what I'm used to, except some foods. I'm not really big on different foods. I'm very picky with food. <laughs> yeah, I'm like that, too. Yeah, I was going to say anime is like one that I feel like was uh, that is so popular now. I mean, obviously, it's been popular for a while, but I feel like it's the way I hear people on other podcasts and stuff reference anime was like, makes me feel pretty stupid. I, I watched anime as a kid, but it was cause it was on like, you know, cartoon networks. So I was just watching that, like whatever yeah, was on. Like uh watching Toonami late at night, like Dragon Ball Z and stuff like that. It's funny. Cause I feel like 
back then we didn't even realize it was anime. Well, I mean, I didn't realize it was anime. People who are into anime definitely knew exactly what it was yeah. while it was going on because they like got into other stuff based on those types of things and older animes. And I feel like it's just more recognized as an art form now. As opposed to, because like, you know, usually when people see cartoons, they kind of think like kids stuff, but there's a whole bunch of anime that is like way more adult oriented. And as I feel like the rise of uh, adult oriented cartoons happened in the U.S., that it kind of made more people come around to it. Yeah, I think you're right. Like, because now it seems like there's a lot of like it's pretty huge just in mainstream culture but yeah you're totally right when i was watching uh dragon ball z and like i watched like robotech i think zoids um (laughs) and like i'm not i really don't think i knew really understood what was going on but it was just on so yeah i definitely had no idea what anime (laughs) was (laughs) so i can't say (laughs) that was like the birth of something Uh, i'm not one who's like particularly drawn to it or like if you could travel ever again <laughs> i think a lot of pe- i don't know if that i would pick japan but like uh seeing a fish show in japan would be pretty pretty amazing yeah i actually i actually think i would travel to japan just because it kind of seems like really intense and as much as i get nervous really easy i also like getting nervous sometimes because i'm weird like that and i feel like i would just be like full-on anxiety uh, adrenaline rush like the entire time if i visited somewhere like tokyo or yeah where there's like a lot going on all the time, even more so than somewhere like New York, which is a pretty bustling place. But I feel like Tokyo is more bustling. Yeah, I definitely. Yeah, I would. Uh, I don't know. I don't think I'd. I'd be cut out for it. Seeing fish in two thousand had to be fun. There's there's cool stuff that is out there like um. Like what? Looking at the show, there's the band who opened for them was uh, this band Big Frog. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so this is like a jam band type thing. And I looked at some of their music, and it was pretty cool. But there's this other band that I've actually listened to because I had heard about. <laughs> literally, just like I, I think I like typed something into, I typed in like psychedelic rock one day into uh, Google and it get one of the recommendeds was like Japanese psychedelic rock. And I was like, okay, well who doesn't click on something like that when they see it? (laughs) So, so I clicked on it and there's this band called, and it's a mouthful too, acid mother's temple and the melting paraiso UFO. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So it's this, I, I guess it's this guy whose name is Kawabata Makoto. He like start. It's like his project, and he had. There's been like a whole line of musicians that they played with and stuff. Uh-huh. But there's a really cool video on YouTube I watched that's um from Live at Terminus Rens. It's from 2013, but it's just like a sweet jam, like psychedelic, early Pink Floyd, the good stuff, uh-huh. um, early Pink Floyd stuff type sound. You know, like with wow. Sid Barrett when the band was good, and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Damn, oh, that's pretty cool. They started in 1995. Oh, yeah, and then the craziest thing was one of the recommendeds was that, uh, you know that show, What's in My Bag, where they do, like, the Amoeba shopping? So I got to click on that, too. So I clicked on that, and it blew me away. But the the guitarist had picked up um, the Sandy Denny's, like, solo record, and 
I want to say one of the Fairport Convention records. Oh wow! And like mentioned Sandy Denny and Richard Thompson and Fairport Convention, and I was uh, like, damn. "Wow, now I really like this band." Yeah. So I I don't have like albums I could recommend, but definitely check out that YouTube huh. video of them playing live. It seems like it's a good time. Wow. Yeah, I will definitely check that out. That's um that sounds pretty great that what's in the bag show can be really great in terms of like just figuring out you know what people would like the way people talk about music it's pretty it's pretty great yeah right and i feel like you hear sometimes you can like hear the influences of certain things and then it just you know that does that light bulb thing where you're like oh (laughs) i was trying to figure that out in terms of like i like the timeline of this because you know obviously this is after um big cypress and that's you know a huge deal for the band in a lot of ways that we could even get into if you want to but you know it it uh (laughs) i think as the as time is moving forward here um it's part it's like maybe in i think the memory of the band like looking back now it to a two you know 3.0 noobs like you and yourself (laughs) and mine that Cypress is such a peak that I, I I've always kind of not avoided, but I've just sort of um, this period between Big Cypress and the you know the breakup in '04. Even though technically it's 1.0 and 2.0, I kind of lump it all together, and I yeah this uh, this show really surprised me. Um, yeah, I mean I definitely understand how like. Uh, I mean, I I kind of don't, but I do. Like, the whole eras thing. Sometimes it's really confusing. Like, I know where they start and end, like, like with the hiatuses and whatnot. But I kind of feel like as a sound machine, fish changes at different times than we label them changing at with the eras. But um, as far as uh, being, like, right after Big Cypress, yeah, that blows my mind. I can't even imagine, after listening to, like, the Jarno podcast, I I just cannot fathom being at something that gigantic. Oh, my gosh. And then having them playing for as long as they did. Jeez. Oh, you mean, yeah, Big Cypress, uh, the Big yeah, Cypress podcast. Yeah, Right. Um, No, I, yeah, it's crazy. And the whole organization of that event was nuts. I didn't know a lot of that stuff or really any of the background of the, how it all kind of came together. That was really interesting. So shout out Jesse Jarno and his uh, podcast after midnight. (laughs) Um, A couple of things I wanted to mention before we get to the show. So like I said, I kind of keep uh, hinting at it, but I promise I'll talk about it during the show. What I think about this show in relation to the one that happens three nights later at the, at drum Lagos. Um, but the uh, kind of at the 11th hour here, I texted you, there, w- there is a video of this show that we're about to talk about online. Um, uh, did you get a chance to watch that? <laughs> what, was it actually the whole show? I thought it was like uh, just the first couple. No, it was just like, yeah, it's, oh, there was one that was the whole no, show. No, 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 no. It's, it's, you're right. It's like four songs. It's. Uh, okay. Yeah. I watched. Yeah. I watched that. I watched that yeah. video. Yeah. It was pretty good. Well, yeah, there's, I take a lot from that. One is that the <laughs> place, the place was like much uh, bigger than I had thought in my mind for some reason. I figured that they would be playing like smaller places and listening to the tape. Um, it was kind of hard for me to gauge like what the audience size would be. So seeing that video later on, it really, uh, it actually changed my uh, opinion about the show a little bit. Okay. Yeah. It, uh, 
let's just dive right in, Dan. Why don't we take a break and uh, head to set one from Japan? Choppers. We have returned. As the prophecy has foretold, we are back. For Well, the which prophecy? I mean, actually, never mind. I shouldn't get into that. It could take a while. <laughs> we'll get to that in a future episode. Yeah. <laughs> we, you know that there's going to be some uh, there's going to be some Harry Potter episode that's like where we're connecting everything to fish. That's going to happen in the future. And then we're gonna get. I mean, if you if you want me to do that, I can <laughs> I can st- I can start right now. <laughs> At the drop of a dime. Um, we are actually talking about the June eleventh, two thousand fish show, from Tokyo, Japan, as they as they say, because I don't feel like pronoun- trying to pronounce the venue. Um, so we did it once that's we did it once people it's on the internet you can figure it out so the um (laughs) the first set opens with first tube this is one of the video i just uh, mentioned this in the intro but this is uh one part of the video that you can get on the youtubes um yeah it really made me miss live shows to be honest with you just because that's one of the songs you know and like trey's running around and yeah it starts with a (sighs) bit of uh it starts with him just turning on the effects, which I always love, <laughs> which was like a move he did a lot in this period. And then obviously Oysterhead <laughs> was like, <laughs> is, you know, like the, uh, at the peak of that where he's just like flipping on the effects for like four minutes before they start the song. Um, right, yeah. But yeah, first he kicks off and um, the people in this audience are losing their mind. Around, around like the seven minute mark of the video <laughs> Uh, or actually, like around t- closer to the eight minute mark, I think some guy just turns around and high fives the dude next to him. Did you see that? <laughs> no, <laughs> he is so excited. The tra- I mean, you know, first tube is an exciting. So I imagine, like, if you had not heard this song, uh, uh, I mean, we haven't even brought this up yet. Also, that farm ha- this is the year Farmhouse came out. People are excited about it probably that for that reason, I guess, because it's like the album that they just maybe had just listened to or were most familiar with. Um, and we're going to hit other songs later on in the set that are from that album. Yeah, um, I gave this a four. I, I love it. I love the energy. I love I just love that guy <laughs> and his friend. It was you're right. It did. That did make me miss like that. He's just so excited. Actually, it doesn't even it doesn't even really look like he knows the guy. He's just like he's like rooting for the music like it's like a sports team like yes they're getting off to a good start here like it's oh yeah i mean in that last build-up where the you know just the down and it just keeps going and going and going and you get some more tray stuff happening it just ah uh, it's like one of those things where you it's either the end of the show and you're super happy or it's the very beginning and you're like oh this is getting me so pumped for everything that's gonna happen i will say though this one kind of starts out with a little bit of flubbiness Little, but yeah, um, a little bit. Yeah, I, I, in the tapers section notes, though, it, it actually said that <laughs> some, like there was he had to like cut 
and edit some stuff because of how boomy it was. Like I guess it was a handheld. Yeah, is now it, a good. Yeah. yeah, is now a good time. Layout. Maybe we should talk about the tape right now. I thought it uh, with tapes generally. I find first of all, I'm somebody who can kind of just. I'm pretty the target audience for like listening to audience tapes because I can kind of just zone out on it in a way and you know not let it bother me. It's like watching a grainy video or something. Like you can just get used to it. But yeah, with this one, it was like. Uh, I did notice it a lot at the beginning. Um, three songs in, we'll get there. But th- I was like, w- is Trey playing? Like, <laughs> what's going on here? But then um, <laughs> I usually I find that they even out. I thought this one kind of evened out too. But it was definitely boomy. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely feel like it evened out um, eventually. And the uh, the the boominess didn't actually bother me really because, um, you know, I, I love bass anyway. And yeah. sometimes I find it, uh, hard to stop listening to either Trey or Paige. So occasionally I don't mind the, uh, you know, kind of lopsided tape that draws my attention to one of the other guys in the band as opposed to just Trey, which, you know, obviously, who doesn't love Trey? But sometimes I like to change it up where I where my main focus is. That's a really great point. Like, I actually thought about that during the show, too, because... Um there are certain songs where, yeah, particularly during like the more composed sections of songs, it's just so easy to drift towards either Trey or Paige. So to hear, yeah. to actually have Mike too loud <laughs> helps. And, um, <laughs> you know, there's the, obviously there's this whole world. If we ever actually get listeners of fish fans like that are totally about the tapes because they believe that if you like EQ the tapes correctly, you get a better uh, representation of the show than the soundboards. I'm generally more of a soundboard guy, but it's whatever uh, for me. Like I said, I can kind of go either way. The quality of the tape can actually be like a charming element to a show. Like, for example, with the song Punch You in the Eye, every time it gets to that second piano solo at the end, in my mind, it's that guy talking on the Great Went tape. (laughs) Because just randomly on that... Which is a soundboard, but it's just somebody being like, it's just somebody doing radio call letters or something. He's like, WCRU live or something. And so now in oh, my Jesus. mind, I just think about that every single time I listen to Punch You in the Eye. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I definitely have to say that listening to random shows as opposed to shows that I have personally been to or um, a couple of the live fish ones that I listen to has definitely made me. Much more nostalgic, not only for like the live stuff, but and it it makes me like the. I feel like I didn't. I kind of drifted away from uh, audience tapes for a little while, but obviously, you know, I mean, I feel like that's how most people start. Sort of once you, if you like, really deep dive into these bands like the Dead and Fish, I feel like it it took me back to uh, when we would have those for the Dead shows and just like listening to the Dead all the time and Fish and just going all over the place. Right. Yeah is great so it's definitely made me start to enjoy audience tapes much more than i had previously and made me feel like i want to listen to more stuff than normal when it comes to audience stuff yeah i agree and it's like um i really like the uh i think uh wally hollins talked about this the writer where he said like um there's kind of like a field field recording quality kind of thing almost like in the same way if you hear like a scratchy like record like from uh you know, uh, 
yes you know like a musicology record or something you're like this is the only recording we have of this is <laughs> this fish show yeah <laughs> from japan I mean, that is that is actually exactly what i was trying to think of how to like that's exactly what i was trying to say and i just couldn't get it out <laughs> wally come to the podcast but look we're summoning you um our next song yes. is punch you in the eye which i just mentioned um i gave this one a four um but i would actually now thinking about it, I think I could probably bump it down to three and a half. It feels like a double opener here, but I could definitely watching the video, um, seeing how pumped everyone was. I'm not surprised Trey went for like the double energy bangers here at the beginning. Yeah, um, I actually I think I I went with a four for this one, and uh, mostly because there's just like the the jazziness of it. It was just so intensely jazzy. This people version, loving that like. dance, man. They are all over the dance. Everyone's losing their minds. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. It uh, and and the dance or the jazz, the jazziness of it made me. It made me want to wear a bowler. <laughs> did Trey cut um, the first in the first section? Did he like cut it? Yeah, short? was it, it just it's something? Fishman. It feels like Fishman comes. I thought Fishman was screwing up somehow. Like Fishman came in early. Or okay, something. so he went long, and it was supposed to be short. Someone, yeah, something happened. Yeah, I was, that's why I was just thinking <laughs> I I shouldn't have given this. A, I was just kind of going on the energy flow, but like, yeah, this was probably like a three or three and a half because yeah, there's a little bit of a screw up again. I don't know if the uh, there's also something going on with the tape, but the video, there was the video of this one too. I think and, um, right. I think it's. Yeah, I think they screw up. <laughs> I think Fishman comes yeah, in. Yeah, and I also I I I kind of felt like that they uh they did recover pretty well with it though. You yeah. know what I mean? Like uh by the time they got to the the uh landlady section of it and and whatnot that they had recovered pretty well. Agreed. Um our next song is going to be Horn, which is a uh which is a Chompers debut, right? It's got to be a I yes it is absolutely I think first tube might have been a Chompers debut yeah, as well might, but yeah, you, might, you might be right about that Horn oh my God I love this song so much I love Horn it's composed right that middle section is is composed yeah and it's composed in a uh, way where he begins in the key of E and then ends uh, in the key of E flat uh-huh. which is why when it jumps back to the rift it's so ju- riff, riff sorry it's so jarring it's on the album rift oh. uh, <laughs> jarring yeah i mean i guess you could call it that i call i i i think it it's like uh no it's like orgasmic yeah, j- jarring and <laughs> jarring in a good way yeah yeah it's some, something about that riff like especially when when Trey like nails it like when he actually like hits every note perfect in it it's just it like just blows your heart open or something. I don't know. It's just beautiful. There is one um, bum note, and I know I don't want to be that guy on the podcast saying this, but yes, you're right. It's like him landing that and coming back to the riff is so great. Um, this is the one, though, I will say at the beginning, um, I can't, is the, is there something going on with the tape or like? <laughs> yes, there yeah. is. Um, is this where he? W- it said in the details there was some like, something was going on and uh, with like feedback or something like that. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's Trey was really like, it's Trey was really low to start with. I mean, it, it again, I feel like it, it, you know, it just evens out, and you can, I can get used to it. But uh, this was really pretty jarring at the beginning because I was like, "He's, is he playing really quietly, or is the tape not picking it up?" Um, um, before we move on from horn, though, I did want to ask if you happen to know oh. when horn debuted. Boom! There's my surprise. All right, I'm gonna say 1992. 1990. Oh shit. 
Yeah, so it debuted nineteen ninety. Got me. Uh, May twenty fourth. Wow. Okay. Right. You know, I should have at the brewery. I should have known that too because I've definitely heard. I think at ninety. Yeah, I've heard an early. I've heard er, earlier. I was thinking because the. Uh, I don't need to give excuses. I was wrong, but they they debuted a lot of the uh, rift material in ninety two. You know, because they kind of used to debut that stuff b- the year before the album came out. Um, yeah, riff. Uh, sorry, I didn't even really mention. Yeah, I love uh, my opinion of Horn overall. I love. I mean, I love Horn. I love the. Uh, I'll pick you up at eight as usual. That no matter how long, how no matter how many times oh. I hear that song, for some reason that makes me laugh the way he says that. Um, even though yeah, it's not, absolutely. I don't think positioned as. The song's kind of about like an abusive relationship. Um, it doesn't seem like the best of times that these people are going through and isn't don't they didn't he do like a deep dive on the lyrics and talk about it or something but it's all we do on this podcast yeah, is plug uh, osiris podcast but yes he did well we're trying to get <laughs> you know we hey guys hey tom we're trying to get in the loop you catch man. more we, fish with uh <laughs> honey than a lot of bait a lot of bait what is it vinegar <laughs> why are you trying to catch vinegar why are you trying to I don't think I think that's for catching bees. What is that stupid expression? You catch more flies, flies with honey flies. than people <laughs> like flies. You catch flies. Anyway, um, yeah, but I love horn. <laughs> um, I love that composed section. It's really good here, and I always love. Uh, I, I always love hearing uh, songs from Rift in shows because I like Rift a whole heck of a lot. And we're not done with Rift yet, are we, Dan? Um, but anyway, no, we are no. going to dance bluegrass alert. Um, I gave this one a five as well. <laughs> oh yes. I forgot to I say, get, yeah. I, I was going to actually give this one at my extra things, but then something else yeah. happened later. That changed my mind. Uh-huh. But first, Dan's Bluegrass Alert. Are you ready? Went down to the station Gonna get on on the train. Gonna get on the train. Okay. Um... Ginseng Sullivan, this I know is not a uh, Chopper's debut because uh, didn't we do it last show at the... Uh, yes. Or I two think, shows ago, yeah. I'm sorry, the 97... Uh, yeah. Yes. Okay, yeah, the 97 show. Yep, um, that's right. The, uh, not the uh, cleanest version ever played <laughs> in Fish history, <laughs> <laughs> I would say. Yeah, the intro kind of gets not sure, a little I'm not sure what's going on. It's weird. Uh, I'm going to keep kind of... I haven't hit this point so hard but this this show when i first listened to was kind of like i i kind of couldn't believe what i was hearing because in my mind i just associated everything from post big cypress through the breakup as this kind of like ambient like spacey version of jamming like i kind of think about that song um frankie says that feeling like that mood like i feel like permeates a lot of like the big cypress stuff like when i hear big cypress it's so it's always amazing to me how it's like this huge concert and uh, with all these people and they're staying up all night and it's like a lot of the music is like like ambient kind of it's like very it's very yeah. <laughs> like um i mean it's like loud there's like obviously like loud guitar solos and stuff but it's like hypnotic and like kind of i know like trey was supposedly in like 99 2000 he was like obsessed with loveless Oh the man, My Bloody that Valentine is something album. that me and Trey, yeah, that we share that in common, me and Trey, for sure. I love that album. Yeah, and you can definitely hear it in this influence. But when I was listening to this show, this just seems like 
it, it, I think they just kind of, it seems like they come out and they're just kind of riding on the crowd's energy. They're kind of having fun. These song selections are like pretty weird. <laughs> it's It totally violated my expectations of what this period was because I was just like, oh, I thought every set was like, I'm honestly like thinking of the, the, the Live Fish 4 show, like thinking of the Fukukawa show. Like I was like, oh, this is like, you know, every set two is five songs and there's, there's, you know, crazy ambient jamming. And this is just like, them coming out and like kind of playing a rock show and in a way kind of promoting um, Farmhouse a little bit. Yeah, actually, that's a really good description of like the two sets because there's, you know, definitely more jamming in the second set as per usual. But uh, it's yeah, it's sort of just like two two shows like you could if, if you were someone who was seeing this for the first time in Japan, like it would probably kind of feel like two shows or something like that un- unless you had someone who's like into them and could explain what was happening yeah because like we're gonna get to these songs individually but they do what they do first tube they do dirt they do farmhouse and then they do back on the train later on so they're doing a lot of farmhouse material and they're kind of doing it like pretty close to the versions that are on the albums um playing kind of a good time show they're out there plugging the album in japan having fun so yeah and uh i i also would say too that this version of um Jinsei Sullivan, the solo in it, it kind of reminded me of the dead, the way that they do the way, cause obviously Jerry has like this whole, he's a huge bluegrass guy felt like this was it, it Trey sounded a lot like that style. Like he really nailed the solo as far as like a bluegrass rock uh, type thing going. It was really perfect. I I'm glad it. you highlighted that because on the, uh, my third re-listen, I was like, damn, this gins- this ginseng starts out pretty wobbly, but it's like his solo at the end is great. And I was like, that's yeah. the kind of thing that you need to listen to a fish show three times to pick out. <laughs> is this how good how good <laughs> right. ginseng Sullivan is? But you know, what are we doing here? This is why we do the podcast. So that's that we're doing it for. The <laughs> we're people. doing it for us. Who are we kidding? We're like <laughs> we're like uh, we're like uh, Walter White. He says he's doing it for the family, but we all know. Um, our next once we got a taste, <laughs> once we got a t- we're in the we haven't met <laughs> we haven't met Gus yet, but we're like at like the twins, you know, like the twins. That'll be when we bring in Mike <laughs> when we start bringing in guests. That'll be our, our Gus. We do need to do one that with somebody who hates fish, just for the uh, entertainment value of it. That would be fun. I would um, our next song though makes me love fish, which is Stash. Yes. Uh, Safe to say this is our first uh, improvisational music being played, basically. Uh, collectively improvisational music being played in the evening. Um, I I gave it a 4.5. I really loved it. it they nail it. Um, I might be overrating it a yeah, bit, I, but uh, I just, I was so, to be honest, like the double opener thing and then Horn I like, but then Ginseng Sullivan, it felt like, okay, where do we get into the, to the, kind of the meat here and uh, stash really delivered for me in in that in that way
Yeah, I um, I gave it a four, but I um, mostly because it's it uh, I don't know, it it was it was really good, but it kind of felt um like it it hit a point and then kind of stayed steady, which I don't have a problem with, but I was trying to be a bit of a stickler this time, trying to change things up, make myself a little more of a villain. Um, <laughs> But no, I, I, I really enjoyed this version. I will say there was a really funny part. I don't know if you heard it where there's like a someone screams. Yeah. It was like a girl or something. What, what is going on with that? And then I isn't there one in the second set too? Yeah, there's one in Hood. I think it's in Hood. It's toward the end. Yeah. It's toward the very end of the tape. Yeah. Yeah. I, Which is It's hilarious. like, I was like, is that a. Is that a baby or is that an adult? <laughs> yeah, that part was my favorite. I, that that baby, I will get to that. Um, yeah. yeah, there's. It's like we say. It's a color. It's a colorful tape. You know, it has some. Here's here's a question that I have. How many American fans were there? Because people clap. I don't know if it's just because like they're all together, and that's why it sounds loud on the tape. But like. There is a significant amount of clapping, as far as my ears were aware. I mean, which you know, I'm not gonna uh, paint with a broad brush, kind of uh, based on the video. You know, I don't want to get in any kind of cultural trouble. But like, there's a fair amount of people there who I would assume this is the first time that they've seen fish. Um, that's what I'm. That's what I'm guessing. But there, just based there's on, definitely there's definitely yeah. people who you can tell are um, there. You know, from. Uh, again, <laughs> there's 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 some whiteies in the audience. Let's be honest. Yeah. So they yeah. might be the ones the, leading you the can, clapping, you know. But <laughs> you, they um they their cargo shorts and socks and sandals make them stand out. It's really cool in the video that to see how excited like just everyone. So you know, it did make me miss live shows because it's like it's so everyone's so on the same page with it. Like there's a guy in the front row who's just like just lo- just loving every second of it. And <laughs> I don't even, it doesn't look like, not in the way of like being drugged out, but just like really excited. Another thing from this video, like <laughs> the lack of lighting is kind of like really funny. <laughs> like compared to, you know, you think about now, like every time yeah. Trey hits a note, like there's like seven spinning lights that are like, and this one, this one is like, you know, when the song hits the big peak, like three green light bulbs turn on behind him. It's really funny. Um, our next song is Dirt. This is gonna this is gonna oh, be a surprise, or maybe based on that reaction. <laughs> um, yeah, this might be one of my like automatic fives songs. I oh, thought about oh. we're gonna have to do a thing of uh, we're gonna have to do an opening segment maybe of like songs that are like automatic fives unless something goes horribly wrong. Sure, um, absolutely. Dirt is like I think this is. I was trying to think like I'm not prepared right now <laughs> as of this date <laughs> in American history and American history to uh, say that Dirt is my favorite ballad but god it's up there I love it so much and I love everything about it I like how the lyrics are like I mean there's people who read this song in a lot of different ways uh, it's another one that Tom Marshall's talked about and of course he's like you know I had it one way but you can think whatever you want about it um, <laughs> I've always kind of, but there's something about that batch of songs that came out in the late nineties. Like, I think this one, if I'm not mistaken, this song vultures and, um, saw it again, all kind of came out around this time. Um, and those are definitely different songs, but, 
uh, with Saw It Again, but this the song Dirt and Vultures almost remind me of each other in a lyrical way. Obviously, they're very different musically, but like this kind of, I like when there's a little bit of this kind of bleakness in uh, in Tom Marshall's lyricism. So I'll definitely shout that out. But also as a song, I just love it. I love how kind of uh, calming it is. And like, I love Trey's whistling at the beginning. Always like, is so beautiful. And uh, I really just i can't say enough good things about dirt it's like one of my favorite fish songs and also the uh, will highlight i always love how tender trey comes in at the beginning singing that melody and then by the end of the song that melody is this giant guitar you know this giant guitar part i just love that so much so it's a five for me i, I love dirt yeah i would i agree with literally everything that you just said except for one thing i actually think that this song is worth all of the fins that I have. So I actually just use all of the fins on this song. Really dark lyrics, but it's so beautiful at the same time. And the juxtaposition always makes me feel super. And it's another one of the songs that like, if when you're at a show and it happens, you're just like, oh man, this is perfect. Oh, and you know what else, though, is that there's actual, this is a shout-out to those people, wherever they are. There were actual chompers during Dirt at one point. Yeah. There's, like, a, a couple people that are legitimately <laughs> talking nice and loud, and I was just like, you sons of bitches. There was, <laughs> Thanks for taking me there. Maybe they were being like, what? Why is he wearing a dress? What's going on? Um, so <laughs> the <laughs> Possum is the next song. This is a good version of Possum. Again, I'm not really, like, the song selection, like, I'm not trying to be a dick here, but it's such a weird, you know, you get the t- kind of the two-opener thing, which is fine, and then it's kind of like the energy's, like, kind of going up and down and up and down. So, like, Dirt is great. Like, I actually liked the, like, stash craziness and then coming out of that into Dirt was cool. But then, like, Possum is, like, a, I mean, so Possum's, like, them trying to build it back up, but then they kind of build it back up again <laughs> with its ice. It's... It feels like it feels a little disjointed, if I'm being honest. But um, the there's nothing wrong with this version specifically. I didn't think. I guess I don't know. What 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 did you think? Yeah, I mean, I'd say that's fair. Uh, I actually gave it. I gave it a four, mostly just because I don't really give anything less than a four because I'm weird. It was uh, a pretty average version. I felt like, and uh, the the one thing I would say is that in the beginning. Uh, Mike and Trey have like this this whole thing going on, and it you know it was almost like they were talking, they were doing like the talking back and forth thing. Again, they're playing in front of a bunch of like really excited Japanese people who haven't seen fish before. I don't think that you know as much as we when we <laughs> go back to a tape and we want to be like, oh, why didn't they play Reba here or why didn't they do you know you could fill in a, I th- you could fill in like literally a million other things in this spot besides possum, but you know what possum is fun literally. to play and gets people excited and i'm sure it's like fun for a japanese audience to just hear them saying possum over i don't know like that's just got to be fun so uh, you know they're ch- they're also they're trying to uh you know they're trying to entertain they're not just trying to make a serious art for us uh critics is that what we are <laughs> um experts no dicks right didn't we say we were <laughs> we're dicks that's yeah Six of one. Um, so we're on. <laughs> it's ice now. This is a good one. I like it. Um, again, I don't know. It's like, it feels like the first set starts and stops f- five times. So this yeah. is like, it's starting again, but I mean, it's and, good. Uh, it's, I mean, it's a good version. Yeah. This one is, yeah, this one is, it was pretty normal, pretty normal version. I went three and a half on mine. I don't know if, did you do four or 
Um, I gave it a five <laughs> just because <laughs> I love this song in general. But there was like kind of the break, you know, the break right before the jam. I uh, I liked how long it it it, it took in between. Yeah, where it kind of was like a really nice pause and like the release was just beautiful also i rem- i noticed this time at the beginning of the song um the two legs uh he's remember he says uh his his legs are skating different patterns at one point i can't remember exactly the phrasing yeah. but i had never caught that before and i was like oh that's really bizarre as if like the the actual reflection itself is skating different like uh stunts and stuff you know what i mean oh while skating both legs tracing different shapes i made my choice yeah both legs legs tracing different shapes it is great that is great oh man i've never i don't even know if i've totally picked up on the that imagery that both legs are going in different directions (laughs) (laughs) yeah and and the the way that his lyrics work is that they just like you know they come flying at you sometimes and Especially with this song, how there's like so much going on. Yeah, no, you're you're totally right. There's one. Um, I have the same thing. One time, I was listening to the song Esther, and there's that line. This song is. Oh yeah, uh, the this line. Uh, Quibble grew to spat, to wrangle, then to brawl. <laughs> that is so incredible. Yeah, it's like it's four. It's four synonyms for like the escalation of a fight. Like you can kind of see it <laughs> in your mind. Yeah, and this is and that's uh Absolutely. by the way that's uh Trey that is not uh Tom but we'll get to we'll get to Esther at some point we should do um Ooh, we should baby. do uh, Clifford Ball that's got Esther in it in the first show we'll get to vultures at some point too oh, I can't wait for that there aren't enough <laughs> there aren't enough fins in the world my friend uh <laughs> we close the set with farmhouse um again I think this is a move that they're you know they're plugging farmhouse people are having fun it's a pretty good version there's like uh, like the two and a half minute mark and it comes up again later. I don't know if Trey had like just gotten a new chorus pedal or a flange or something, and he was like trying it, but he like puts it on for just yeah. <laughs> not very long, just a very short amount of time, and then turns it back off. But it was a really neat sound, and I it doesn't really show up except for later on, and I just thought that was. I know what you mean. Yeah, this is one of the like, songs because this is one of the one that's in the video too. Um, probably yeah. again because it was I suppose the lead single <laughs> off of their new album. Um. Yeah, no, it's it's good. I I they've been recently also they've uh in 3.0 they've been doing kind of like spacier versions of Farmhouse at the end which I kind of like. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it actually it also reminds me of um Eric as well, which Oh, our buddy Eric. You know, Cuz this is probably one of his Yeah. I guess cuz it's on uh Slip Stitch and Pass, right? He's like Yeah, yeah, that's it. Um So shout, shout out Shout out Eric. to Eric. <laughs> Pro- probably not the last <laughs> Won't be he'll the be, last he'll time. Be, uh, he'll be on this podcast talking about stuff. Um, yeah. That is the end of the first set. We are going to take a quick break unless you had anything to add, and I hope you don't because we've already talked about this for way too nope. long. Uh, yeah, we've gone on on this one, but no, I'm, I am good. It was a good, a good set. set. And uh, we're going to get to another good set coming up. Please stay tuned. You don't want to not stay tuned. At this point, <laughs> what are you doing? What are you going to leave? Come on. Yeah, you can't leave now. You've come too far. All right, we'll be right back.
are back. Japan's favorite fish podcast. As far as we know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> is there a way to dispute that? Um, I'm I'm going to say legally, I, like, let's just claim that. And just if they want to yeah. come after us, it's just good press for us. You know? Yeah. And then they'll actually like, you know what? Then that, that podcast, if there is one over there, then they'll reach out to us and be like, that's not true. We are. And then we will become <laughs> friends with them because of that. And we'll have fish friends in Japan. And then if fish ever plays in Japan again, we'll have a place to possibly stay when we go to see fish. Boom. This is this is the kind of conspiracy theory thinking I like about you, Dan. Yes, there's going to be a lot of them. We are here for set two of the fish show from the aforementioned Japan. Tokyo, to be more specific, and if you want to be more specific, look up the 611-2000 performance, and don't listen to two white guys talk about Japan, but you already have, so you're trapped. Uh, Our first song is Birds of a Feather. I gave this one a 3.5, which might be, maybe that's not being nice enough, but um, (sighs) coming out of the box here, it's just, um, they would open sets with this um, in the late 90s going into this period. Um, I mean, I guess technically they still do. Um, I kind of more prefer it as a as a first set song in some ways because I feel like it has such a great defined beginning and ending. Okay. Um, but maybe that's more in the three point era because this one does get a little bit. Uh, it does have like a little bit extra sauce on it in a way, but um, definitely kind of the precursor to what we're about to get to. I think is safe to say. Um, yeah. So I gave this a three point five. How do you rank it? Yeah, I um I went with a four. Um, I thought it was fun and uh, it was like pretty concise. There's been a couple recently. I mean, in in 3.0 it was pretty static until pretty recently, but now there's been yeah two big versions that I can easily uh, kind of recall. So it has kind of gone out there a little bit more. It's still I wouldn't say it's like a super reliable uh, like huge jam vehicle, but it's always um, they have been able to uh, to stretch it out. I'm trying to remember. You're right. I'm trying to remember which ones. There was a two- 2019 version that was good. Yeah, that's the one I'm um, thinking of. The the 10 30 2016 Vegas one the night before. Um, oh. The night before the um, Bowie Halloween. Yeah, that one okay. was a big one. And then uh, there was the Birds of a Feather from the, the Ohio, the Cayuga Falls, Ohio show. That was the one uh, in 2019. Yeah, that was like the big, that was like yeah. a big jam vehicle. Okay. But yeah, That's other than that, I mean, it's been, you know, there's been like g- good versions. It usually hovers around like seven, eight minutes of like, which <laughs> again is still <laughs> incredible. But, um, you know, judging this stuff on a curve. But yeah, no, there's uh, it's come around a lot uh, now. I mean, it was very fundamental to the whole band as a unit, improvisational stuff that they were working on beginning, you know, that's on Story of the Ghost. Um, so beginning around that period. Yeah, I like how the like the very beginning just it makes me think of birds so much. <laughs> like, just the, it just literally makes me think of birds, the movie and the creatures. Yeah. Oh, also, yeah, that's the whole birds Birds of a Feather, the birds connection that happens mm-hmm. with uh, in the 3.0 one since they attack. The, uh, they attack, indeed. Um, but what attacks in this show is our next song, uh, <laughs> which is free. So this was a thing, um, I guess, 
if we're doing uh extra fins for both sets which i which i'll start doing you've already been doing it um <laughs> this one was in the running i didn't do it but i gave it five um it i could be talked into it being the jam of the show i i guess it in a lot of ways it is um this is like the one moment in the show where something that I felt like something broke out that really was unexpected. The way that they come out of that funky part and really uh, that the funky bass breakdown section and really are able to sort of transcend that in this, in the way that does sound kind of like a big Cypress type of jam to me or like a more late nineties kind of style jam. I thought was really great. So I gave this one a five. Every time I hear it, it reminds me of uh, another show that I have been to. We've seen this one multiple times, which is why I actually enjoy it probably a lot, is because, uh, as as you know, before this started, I mostly listened to shows that I had been to previously. And so, <laughs> Well, that's why we're doing this, yeah. Exactly. So having free um, come up is always welcome, and it always draws me back to those other shows, especially the first New Year's show that we went to. Oh, that was great. So this, yeah, this version though is 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 nice. I gave it a five as well. Yeah, it like I said to me, it was a standout because of how um, nothing in the first set. Um, I mean, Stash has a good jam, and um, like we said, like there's like Jinsung Sullivan has kind of like a cool solo, and like there's Farmhouse is a little bit extra on it, but like there's not if it's Ice is like a little bit extra good, but this is like the first time that it was like, oh, okay, this is like something that I think belongs on kind of you know a list of of like jams where it's like if you're looking for a great version of free this is definitely one to check out so (laughs) we go into a second edition of dan's bluegrass alert She left on the train, she left on the train, she left on the train, she left on the train with my dog, 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 dog. Um, <laughs> Beauty of My Dreams, um, I great really song. like this. Great song. Um, uh, I, I'm going to just try to, I, I, this might seem like I'm not being polite, but uh, it's a great song. What, what the hell is it doing here? What happened? Why is it showing up Why is it showing up here? The whole show again is it's just reminding me of like I'm not sure what happened w- on uh six fourteen the live fish four show because it's so that show is so different in every way and also like the set list choices are bizarre in that one but they they jam so much into each song that it's I mean there there's there's rumors that I don't think we need to get into about maybe that there might have been um uh, extracurricular activity happening with the band that night. Hey, um, you know, it's still, the show is so different. It, and this is like, um, that, you know, they played beauty of my dreams a ton late nineties into this era, but this is like, it's, it's weird that it's showing up in a second set in the third slot. <laughs> That's weird. And coming out of this free, it's like a bit of a momentum killer, but at the same time, I, you know, a bluegrass song can only kill momentum so much because it's like a high, you know, it's a high tempo, so you can kind of keep going. Um, I wrote down three and a half, I guess. I, I just, I, not sure we needed, uh, not sure we needed it this year. That's that's fair. I will say, um, it it definitely just kind of pops out of nowhere, but it's very much welcome for me. I love every time that bluegrass comes up. I gave it a five because of its bluegrass and it's um Del McCory 
you know, just a great legend. They played this song with him multiple times, actually. And then uh, later later in the year or earlier in that year, 2000, um, is the version from Antioch, Tennessee, where uh, – who was sitting in on it? Um, I wrote it down. Oh, it had Jerry Douglas on Dobro. Uh, just freaking phenomenal Dobro player. You, you've mentioned the this show to me. Yeah. Yeah. Before. And then um, Tim O'Brien from uh, Hot Rise, which also cover, uh, Fish covers Hot Rise as well. And then Ronnie McQuarrie, Dell's son. And since the 2000, since 2000, they've only played it four times. Yeah. It's, um, uh, I remember they busted it out. Uh, don't tell me. Was it the 2016? It was either 2016 or 2017 and the uh, in the Halloween run. Or sorry, 2016 or 2018. I think it was the 2016 Halloween one. And I looked it up and it was like, yeah, I couldn't believe how rare it was because at the time I was listening to a bunch of late 90s shows. And I was like, yeah, actually, like, they, oh, they've just always done this. And it's like, oh, yeah, no, they haven't done it. In th- they've hardly ever done it in 3.0. Yeah, actually, they busted it out at both of the uh, Halloween uh, runs. Okay. In Vegas, yeah, 2016 and 2018. That's funny. That's okay. Yeah, I mean, I was. Yeah, that's right. That, that's why I'm getting him confused. See, come on, <laughs> fish, you're confusing me. Um, no, I love when they. I, yeah, it's it's no, it's a good song. I, it, it must be. That's weird to think about, like, because they've continued to do Jensen Sullivan, not at a huge pace, but they've brought that back in. There must be something. Is this one just like a little bit harder? I guess maybe to play or something. So then we move on to Bug. Don't eat it. Don't eat it. <laughs> um, this is one of the ones that was on the video. It's uh, I I gave it a three point five because it feels like kind of a normal version of Bug. And again, I uh, <laughs> Bug is funny because like if it's not at specifically at the end of the show, I always feel like it like it's like that's its home to me. <laughs> like just <laughs> either in an encore slot or like right after a version of Hood, which they did a ton. In this period, um, you know, we're going to get to Hood later, but uh, spoiler alert. But um, so they're playing them in the same show here, but they definitely like to they definitely always like to kind of fall like they they pair those two songs a lot um, all the way throughout their history. I yeah, I really like Bug as a song. This is one of the ones you actually showed me when we were first getting into Fish that I didn't know. And I was I think I mentioned that before on here, but I, I always think of that. I'm like. Uh, and I know it's like one of your one of your faves. Um, yeah, it's you know it's I think it's because the lyrics too is like before when I first was getting into fish, um, and just listening to like anything I could listen to. I think was it on maybe on one of the live baits or something or I don't remember how I found it, but I loved it immediately and just jumped right in and stayed on it. But this, this this version especially is it's it's not you know it's not anything to blow you away but it's it's still it's still enjoyable so I gave it I gave it four fins yeah I mean it's uh, my quibble again is more about like the selection than the song itself because I just feel like it's I don't know I'm just always curious about when they play a song that has like a defined ending in the middle of a uh, second set you know it's like um, it's just it's just an interesting move because generally like you could you could like you know they could be playing tweezer here or anything you know they could be doing anything that they want and so they're playing bug i mean again this is a farmhouse song so again i think this show kind of falls into the category of like maybe that's like pretty rare of fish 
playing shows that actually are kind of a promotion <laughs> for their new album. And, uh, you know, again, the people are going nuts <laughs> watching that video. They're having a really good time. I can't stress that enough. Like, they are so amped about seeing this stuff. And, um, yeah, I mean, people are like, when the, when the chorus comes in, people are fist pumping. You know, it's like it's like a bigger reaction than Bug has gotten <laughs> in the last like <laughs> six years of Fish's career. So, uh, I yeah, it's I, I don't know. I mean, like I understand what's happening. They're like we're excited about doing these new songs, and we're you know, and people are you know having a really great time here. Like, what are we doing? You know, well, who cares if it's we're not going into outer space cosmically mm. with some kind of crazy yeah. jam or something, you know? And I get, I mean, I'm not saying it sarcastically. Like I actually get that. I get like, you know, it's like, we're going to play the fun songs. Cause everybody's having fun. <laughs> What's more fun than just screaming bug at the top of your lungs. Right. <laughs> also for a key, a key, if you're trying to play this song on guitar is that that comes on in the second beat. It's one bug don't feed it one two three four oh, yeah. one so bug <laughs> it's on two so and clever our next song is david bowie uh i love the intro here yeah this is great you know what it reminded me a lot of is like a king crimson type of thing where it's just like i mean obviously that's that back then that was like the main thing just like all the weird noises and everything happening but yeah it really reminded me of like king crimson or something like that this time yeah i mean they did they did a lot of like these spacey intros you know over the years probably already did this on the other podcast we talked about david bowie but you know i'm a very tolerant uh i'm a i'm a very tolerant man i'm a very tolerant <laughs> 3.0 fan but i don't stand by the injustices that have been caused by david bowie in 3.0 there's just been kind of a for years it kind of beat was like run like an antelope's little brother I, i'm not i think it's a song that they're just it's just different for them now, but for so long, it was such a great, reliable jam vehicle. Um, and it was a jam vehicle, you know, prior to the, you know, the kind of appearance of tweezer and some of these bigger like songs that kind of took over. So, um, I think it got back, took a backseat because of that. And I understand that, but I still think even in these versions in one, I think just, this is just a blanket. Like to me, this is like one of the few songs that I'm ready to say like blanket, like, one point it was just so different it's just such a different version of the song so this one's good though i mean the intro is good the jam's pretty uh predictable for this period you know um, sure yeah absolutely and i actually was gonna say I've, i i only did four fins for it but mostly because it's uh i kind of feel like the best is still yet to come when it comes to bowies that we will be experiencing so i didn't want to you know, I already know what's that there's going to be some craziness coming up. Yeah, definitely a good point. I gave it a four also. Um, I was actually thinking 3.5 for like after listening to it once for kind of the predictability of the jam segment, but bumped it an extra half point because I was like, this is great. I like the uh, intro. <laughs> the next song is When the Circus Comes. Oh, baby, is it. This is a uh, Los Lobos cover. Uh, great song. I gave this a four, uh, but maybe this could be an automatic fiver. This is, I will it say is. this about this show. When the Circus Comes in Dirt. Yeah, um, funny you should mention that because this one also got all my extra fins for the second hey set. Yo. 
Yeah. Okay. I, this song is just, it's like the image, like, you know, it's great imagery. And Trey's voice is like perfect <laughs> in this song. It's just, he really does nail singing this song. I just love how it sounds. Yeah. I, that's so true. Like, I was thinking about it. It's kind of an inter- it's such an interesting cover, too, because it's like not the type of song where, like, I have heard the Los Lobos version. I mean, if you heard it, like, you wouldn't think like, oh, the guys in Fish are really going to be into this song. You know what I mean? It's like, I wonder what about it um, Trey really loves. It kind of, in a way, it reminds me of Dirt in the same sense that it has like the, you know, it starts out with this tender melody and then ends, it can end with Trey playing that melody, but very like amped up on the guitar, finishing the song out in kind of a great like, I, I like how Fish can do kind of power ballads that are like not cheesy. And, you know, it just has this kind of like, really really reverent sense of like right he clearly loves this song and and also i think that they like the um you know i think they played it at every or not every festival but almost every festival i think they do like the idea of like you know it works well for their fans also like when the circus comes to town so yeah exactly that's kind of how it always feels to me too is like the name is like just a clever little thing and then the the actual song itself is really pretty and the two it's kind of like a i don't know it's funny how it's like a pretty song but still the name of it in general and saying when the circus comes town kind of like a tip of the hat to the to the fan base the next song we hit is back on the train which i think we mentioned before which is on farmhouse not joy even though i don't (laughs) i just i don't know why i just I, i could have sworn and I'd seen it on the back of the album <laughs> when I was at Barnes and Noble in 2010 or 11. But I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, Dan. <laughs> if this is your first episode, Dan has a hang up on he has a Mandela effect happening where he believes "Back on the Train" was a 3.0 song. And honestly, I think I mentioned this before, but um, it does seem like more like a song they would write now than that yeah, because it's so straightforward. It? Yeah. Um, it just fits that it sounds so well. Uh, I'm just gonna readily admit, like, uh, well, okay, I gave this a three, and that's probably not that's really not probably accurate, but it's so hard for me to because in preparation for this, I did re-listen to Live Fish Four, and <laughs> it's you know, uh, it's just a tough thing because that might be the best one ever that they played three nights later. So it's just a tough, <laughs> like, it's you know. it's good like it's it's good it's fine it's like kind of the version it's like you know they would play versions like this in this era um but it's the first song in the second set of that show and goes into this ambient jam and again i can't stress enough like how much that impacted me listening to this just being surprised that just a couple nights earlier they were playing a show like this that was kind of like you know has these has some solid jamming and like good ballads and like but just feels kind of like a more sort of normal show yeah i i think it also just speaks to the magic of fish that every show really is different and it's not just different like just the songs are different you know what i mean like i feel like a lot of people just think like oh jam band what are they just they just like play these songs and then they just jam on one part but i it, it really is the, the vibe and everything of every single show is just so different and i just love that so much about fish so it keeps me coming back 
I don't know if we're ever going to do uh, like uh, so far. I think we've been conscious about like avoiding doing live fish show, like live fish releases or like bigger shows, which I think is probably a good idea. Yeah. Um, but if I uh, just uh, if we ever do <laughs> live fish four, I'll step on it a tiny bit. That album is like I love listening to that on like um, like airplanes or buses or like that's okay. like, like I don't like sometimes like weirdly, like as much as I love fish, like uh, like in travel spaces i'm like almost too focused on it to kind of zone out but that show has this vibe where it's like it doesn't really matter what like it's like they keep playing songs and then the song just unravels into this space and then like they play another song and the song just gradually (laughs) unravels back to the same like (laughs) they can't get away from it and i think it's such a yeah it, i mean i knew that it was a singular performance in terms of like it's you know magnitude of like it's definitely a show you could show to a certain type of person like if you were trying to get a you know more like shoegazy person into fish that's definitely like your go-to yeah. move um but it is kind of yeah it's interesting because uh i thought this was something that was happening collectively in the era and it, it's it's not <laughs> like that was a really singular moment <laughs> um like the show after this we didn't talk about that there's a show in between this two days later so this is 11 and so that's 13 so it's the night before and that seems like um i i listened to just the very beginning of it um but that's kind of like kind of a like that's also kind of like a that's like a goofier show it's got like um the beginning of it is the uh, is like this. It's like m- they play meat and then they play maze and then they like oh, man. do do meat again. It's like a meat sandwich with the maze. Or it's a it's a maze sandwich with meat bread. With meat in the middle. Um, with meat. Oh, with meat bread. Reverse sandwich. I love. Yeah, it. it's like didn't they do that at uh, KFC or something? Like the bread was meat. Anyway, yeah, um, it was like chicken. Gross. <laughs> um, That's great. So yeah, I gave uh so I gave this a 3. I think you already said what you gave it, right? Um, I don't remember if I did, but yeah, I three and a half standard. Standard. Standard, standard fair. Um so this was the next coming up is Harry Hood, uh which is my favorite fish song, and we saw it our first show. I don't know yeah, if you knew any of those facts. Harry. I'm pretty sh- I'm sure no one is tired of hearing that any of nope. those facts. They better um, not get tired of it either. Uh this got my extra fins, and my reasoning here is basically that I feel like if I'm comparing the free and the hood, that the free's more like I'll use a what do you call it, pretentious like critic word and be like say it like uh, that's a little more like formally inventive because it's more diff- it's different than other versions of free, but this is just a slam bang version of hood to end this, and I I kind of felt like the show really needed this again in the same way I kind of felt that way when Stash came in in the first set. Like, I know I'm a, l- a little bit of a jam hunter, but <laughs> it's like, the, you know, uh, I really wanted this hit to be great. And I thought it really was. So that was uh, so that was my reasoning. I don't think it's like if we're going to do a bunch of these, like we're definitely going to hit areas of hood that I like better. I actually like I, I like early one earlier ones than than this period. Sometimes these this period he can get a little bit um, Trey leaning on his effects so much in the jam and stuff. But this one I, I felt was really good and uh really had brought the energy back up in a way that I, I wondered like as i was listening to it if like hood is one of those ones where 
it's a song they can jam on, but it's also kind of good for a show like this where everyone's just, you know, it's, it's a very good feeling jam. Yeah. You can feel good. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh-huh. And I love the intro of Hood, too. I love when they used to do, like, the jammy stuff in the, the beginning for a little bit longer periods of time. It's it, it kind of, yeah. like, is like a Zappa. You know what I mean? It, like, has that Zappa feel to it where I feel like Zappa would appreciate the type of stuff that happens at the beginning of Hood. Yeah. Also, I mean, Reba is their ultimate Zappa. Yeah, this is that's sure. very true. And this one, uh, this hood has the baby remix, uh, featuring featuring a small child potentially around <laughs> the nine minute mark. I don't know uh, what the artist's name was, but it it, it yeah. uh, yep, da it might have been a sample. Who knows? <laughs> it was the baby. <laughs> yeah, and that's it exactly. Baby. It was the baby. The baby was was a was baby. A baby. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's um. That's true. I was kind of willing to overlook the. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna try to overlook that fact. I mean, it doesn't like take away from the song itself. It's just, it's just a funny thing to hear. You're just like, why? And they're near the. T- they're close enough to the microphone. I don't know. Like, looking at the audience in the video, I'm surprised that there's a baby there because there's like people are like pretty packed in. But I don't know. Maybe you can sneak children into shows in Japan in 2000. <laughs> what the hell do I know? Um, yeah, it's uh, uh, that's a little distracting. That's a little distracting. I'll give you that. But so you're kind of going with like, a, this is like good but not great. Are you going with oh, no, I still would give it a five for sure. Uh, yeah, like you said before, it, it, I know that there's going to be like more to come. But it's uh, it also has that chorus pedal. There was just a lot going on in there. Trey like has the chorus pedal on for just one section in the very beginning. Or flange pedal, whatever it is. I, I If I ever meet Trey, I'm going to be like, Hey, when you were in Japan in 2000, <laughs> did you what buy a pedal while you were there and were you testing it? And then that's why you have it on only a couple little things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually like, even though I play guitar, I'm more obsessed with like Paige's rig. Like I'm, uh, if I ever met him, I'd be like, can you just play the Wur- Wurlitzer thing the whole night? I just want to hear what that's like. <laughs> it's so good. Every single time he does it, it's like the greatest moment in the jam. So maybe oh, it's yeah. one of those things where it's like, if you did it all night, you would get tired of it. But it's just like, like, oh, God, I love the sound of that thing. And it's got like 20 keys on it. It looks like it's such a small keyboard compared to all the other ones he has. Um, right. So, yeah, great hood and uh, got all my extra fins. Um, you know, and they uh, that's the end of set two. And then we go to the encore and we get zeroed. 
Yes. Which you and I are uh, fans. Which yes. you and I are fans of getting zeroed, and this is I'm absolutely fine with that, especially because Fishman is from Syracuse, and there is a newscaster named named um, Mulcahy in Syracuse, and it always just makes me laugh to think it's like you know I ought to see the man Mulcahy, and I'm like I'm like oh, oh yeah wow. no I see him all the time on TV. Yeah, also the uh, yeah there's a rainbow that appears over oh, like yeah. over the audience at the end of this, um, so that's like a pretty that's, crazy yeah moment. that's pretty sweet and. That is also another just, yeah, it's part of the greater plan of the universe of it kind of it's kind of poetic in a way like this show was like the rain and then the rainbow comes out and they play like one of their best shows ever. It's almost mm-hmm. like this is like, you know, but yeah, it was raining the whole show. So I guess like the rainbow coming out at the end must have been pretty fun. <laughs> and I can and I can only imagine like, uh, do you remember in uh we were in, we were uh, not to brag, but we were closer to the stage. But on at that oh, SPAC man. show, oh, where the uh, during divided sky, the sky was divided. Oh man, it's yes. stuff like that where you just go, well, you can't plan that out, and it just happened, and you know, it's oh, pretty great. Absolutely, it's got to be a lot of fun for. Uh, or there's like the full moon jam, the the gorge. There's probably a million from 1.0 that we're missing and we're infuriating uh, other <laughs> listeners. But uh, <laughs> the, the, the thing I think of that comes to my mind that is not fish related is obviously Dave Matthews related where he yelled, let the rain wash us all away. And then it started or then there's a huge thunder crack and it started downpouring at giant stadium show. Yes, so, that's a yeah, famous that's one also. That's friggin' crazy. I don't care if you like Dave Matthews or not. That's friggin' nuts. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just one of those things where it's yeah it's like <laughs> if you sing enough about the weather and you're yeah, playing outdoor shows at some point <laughs> it starts it just lines up um i'll just do a little like here at the end uh you know we're gonna wrap up here it's it's a good show um there's definitely good jams in it but i wouldn't say that Maybe outside of like the free, if you're a free completist and you want to hear all the great versions, you definitely <laughs> check Reed, this one out. Looking at you. Yeah, that's right. Our friend Mike probably probably would. We should probably recommend this. Uh, he's never going to listen to the podcast. So we should just bring it up. Um, <laughs> but and it, again, the thing that really blew me away was like it's weird to say that. <laughs> I was trying to avoid saying this. Like this show made me appreciate a different show more but it really does make me look at Life is 4 differently because I, I kind of thought, oh, they were always circling around this kind of style and this particular night it kind of clicked. But no, you know, they were sure. they were still... Um, this show reminds me more of like a... like kind of like a Summer 97 show where it's like there's certain there uh, songs okay. that get jammed out. But then they're still figuring. They're still playing. They're playing new songs, and they're kind of on. You know, they're kind of feeling them out. Um, yeah, so. this actually kind of gave me like, not to belabor the point that I always belabor, but like uh, Darian vibes. Just that, uh, <laughs> you know, it has like a, a lot of songs are just straightforward, and and there's jamming, but it's not like extensive jamming. There's only a couple songs that have like really long jams. The rest of it, it's kind of like, you know, more like a for lack of comparison, like the Grateful Dead sets where it's like all the songs are like seven to eight minutes or whatever in the first set. And then the second set has like two big songs and then the rest are like eight minutes long. Yeah. No, I think you're right. And like, and like, 
we're doing this one switch between 1.0 and 3.0 thing and i really like it because this is like the first time we've done a 1.0 show that i feel like very easily compares to 3.0 shows in a way like okay um yeah i can agree with that for sure because i think like a lot of the one point or a lot of the 3.0 shows that we we talk about um and just in general are shows that have that if it's a really good show it's something that's solid throughout but has like these two or three kind of like big peaks and that's the way i felt about this like you had the stash in the first set and then you get Bowie and Hood. So you get these, if you want to just cherry pick, like, oh, the kind of big jams from it, you can do that. But, um, you know, as opposed to something like a Fall 97, where it's almost like, where, you know, Drowned is the third song, and it's like, however long it was, and it's this crazy jam. Like, they, um, again, like, it's different than I thought, uh, based on the era, but you do get this sense that, like, this is like a more of a clear indication of a through line to getting to where we are right now than the Fukukawa show. Like the, this show had so much energy and that show has it, 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 energetic is not one of the words I would use to describe <laughs> live fish volume four. You know, it's, it's a, right. it's a vibe. It's like a mood, it's, you know, yeah. that was the thing that stuck out to me was not to say like, I'm not like, I'm really glad I listened to this and it was really fun. And seeing the video, I have to say it was really fun. Like just seeing how excited everyone was that, like you said, it kind of made me miss live shows again, but it was so like just that guy high five and his friend during first tube. You're like, yeah, that's hopefully we get back to there someday. Yeah. This, this, this show, I enjoyed it. It was, um, you know, it wasn't, I don't think I'd say it was like my favorite show that we've listened to so far, but yeah, no, um, definitely in not. the context, <laughs> <Not> of, <for laughs> me, <at least. laughs> in the context of like, you know, just having had big Cypress, like you said in the beginning and then where we're going in the future coming up, it's just, yeah, it's, it's super neat. It's, this has been, it's super fun to go all over the place instead of just my normal little bubble of, of fish music that i have already seen once and want to listen to again it's giving me more stuff to re-listen to over and over again (laughs) yeah i like picking out these like three days before (laughs) a gigantic we did the one (laughs) we did the one before baker's dozen so that's like this is our uh this is our mo but things that were missed by things that were missed by people because of the coming craziness or forgotten because of the following craziness there's always these things to dig out right like i never would have if we weren't doing this i never would have listened to like that ginseng sullivan three different times and gone oh yeah no this really is good and then like <laughs> that never would have happened so uh i think that's a good uh place to end it i uh i think we covered the show pretty well um we're gonna be back next time with a 3.0 show of my choosing so far yeah. we've done um we've been alternating between your t- you're doing the 1.01s to dive into them and I've been picking the 3.01s to act pretentious about remembering <laughs> and we're going to continue that beloved dynamic in our next episode we hope all of you out there if you are listening enjoyed our exploration into fish from Japan in 2000 we'll be back next time with some fresher fish and <laughs> thanks for listening and we'll see you next time thanks everybody bye Bye-bye.